0: what day it is it is the day that you get to wrestle with your kids the whole service no children's church today and I know that is a great blessing for you today oh glad you're here you have to deal with me a little bit I woke up Thursday and I had no voice and it wasn't because I was yelling at my wife too much I promise but I woke up and had no voice and so it's much better now but still dealing with that a little bit But so glad to be with you this morning If you have your Bible, let's go to Genesis chapter 6 Genesis chapter 6 We have been working our way through Genesis And uh, spent a good amount of time looking at Noah And that's where we're going to be this morning Noah is a godly man living in a very evil culture The rampant evil demands a response from God And that response is going to involve judgment the world tells us that we are good people that we have good hearts and human life is progressing it is evolving and it is doing better we can fix our problems we can save our planet we have got this but the story of the Bible tells us otherwise we do not have good hearts we have bad hearts we are not good we are bad We're not saving the world around us, but instead we are destroying it. We cannot save ourselves. We need a Savior. Now look at Genesis 6, verse 13. And God said to Noah, I have determined to make an end of all flesh. For the earth is filled with violence through them. Behold, I will destroy them with the earth the scripture before us gives us a very important and profound reality it's often diminished in our society where we like to focus on the positive but the Bible tells us that God relates to the world in the following ways he judges sinners and he rescues sinners from judgment essentially that is the story of the Bible It's the story of our scriptures. It is the story of the redemption of human history. People are either judged or they are delivered from judgment. And before us in this passage, we have the initial judgment of God. And for us New Testament believers, it reminds us that the great judgment is still to come. These events that we read are not just important because they actually happened in history, but they are also indicators of the future. Because I will remind you, in Matthew 24, it says, For as for the days of Noah, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. What that means is, as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be for us in the last days. Everybody wants to know the future. A lot of folks will go and they will visit a psychic or they will see a palm reader. They will look to astrology. There have been many television shows about an individual who's able to know what happens before it actually happened. We got a little experience with that on Friday. I don't know if you guys are aware, but the Texas Rangers are in the World Series. Amen? And that is good. At my house, Brittany and I never cared to watch sports, but we had twin boys, Mason and Maddox, and they love sports, and their favorite sport is baseball, and their favorite team is the Texas Rangers. And so we were at home on Friday, and we were watching the game, and if you don't remember, the Rangers were trailing by two points, and it is the bottom of the ninth inning. Game's about over. Corey Seager gets up to the plate. He hits a two-run shot over the fence and ties it at the very end of the game my kids go nuts I think my house was louder than ranger stadium they are running around the living room the dogs barking Kason was crying it was just total chaos (laughs) but we were living it up the 10th inning comes and goes and nobody scores the next inning we get through pitching and no scores and then Adolis Garcia is up to bat now If you've been following, this guy is hot, hot, hot. He is hitting homer after homer after homer, but the count was three balls and one strike. And so we're watching with anticipation, and all of a sudden, Mason gets a ding on his phone, and he looks down, and he jumps up, and he says, he's about to hit a home run. And sure enough, we watch, the ball comes in, and Garcia slams the ball, and you know how you see the swing but you don't know where the ball is going and so you're like please don't go to somebody we were peace i mean we knew where the ball was going and so we were relaxed and we watched as that ball went over the fence walk off home run to end the game and i was thinking about it it was nice to know what was going to happen before it actually happened in the bible that's what we see when we look at genesis 6 in this passage the Lord tells us what the end times are going to be like. He says, this is your warning. Look around you and you're going to see a lot of stuff. And these are warnings for you that you are living in the last days. Now, what were the days of Noah like? You're in Genesis chapter 6. Look at verse 5. It says, the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth. And that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Now look at verse 11. Now the earth was corrupt in God's sight, and the earth was filled with violence. The days were incredibly evil. The words are wicked, corrupt, evil, violent. And I will ask you, does that sound familiar to anyone this morning, it sounds like our days. It's a warning that says you are living in the last days. If you look around, you will realize that. One great indicator is what's happening in Israel in our current day. A few weeks ago, they were, they were attacked by these terrorists who killed around 1,400 people. And I'm not talking about soldiers. They went into a music festival and killed young people and children. Terrible tragedies. And in the conflict, as it has continued, there have been thousands caught in the crossfire who have been killed. And thousands upon thousands have been injured. And as you look, you see this beginning to take place, and you see how it could get much, much larger, much, much quicker. And I will remind you that in the last days, the main events do not happen around New York City. They don't happen around Chicago. They don't happen around London. When you open your Bible, they happen of this little city of Jerusalem this little place of Israel it's very important and so when you turn the news on and you see what's happening it's a a warning light that's flashing that says you are living in the last days now I don't know how soon that'll be it could be weeks or months years decades that's not my job that's not your job but biblically we must understand that we are currently living in the last days And so there are warnings to us how does Noah respond as judgment approaches look at verse 14 I know we're just kind of looking back and forth the Lord said make yourself an ark of gopher wood make rooms in the ark and cover it inside and out with pitch first Peter 3 says God's patience waited in those days many believe based on a previous reference that it could have been 120 years that Noah built the Ark. And so during these days, how did Noah respond to incoming judgment? How did Noah respond to incoming judgment? If you have your bulletin, there's a spot you can take notes if that's something you'd like to do. But the first thing I want you to notice is that Noah preached. Noah preached. Second Peter chapter two verse five. It says, if he did not spare the ancient world, but preserved Noah, and then what does it say? A herald of righteousness. Noah is called a herald of righteousness. And you say, well, what does that mean? Well, herald means preacher, and righteousness deals with right standing before God. And so Noah goes and he begins to preach, and he's preaching about how you can have right standing before God. Noah is preaching to a lost and a corrupt and a violent and an evil world about how they can be right in the eyes of God. During this time, I believe that Noah is preaching about the coming judgment and he is pleading and he is begging folks to place their faith in God. Because you see, Noah knows that there is only one way of salvation for the coming judgment. There are not many boats. There's only one boat. There's not many ways unto the ark because the Bible says there's only one door unto the ark. There's not many modes of transportation which one can find safety from the incoming flood, but there is only one. There's only one way and Noah preaches and he preaches and he preaches to get his point across. As we live in a day where judgment is coming... We must realize that we have the same job in front of us We are to preach now. I'm not telling you we need more preachers But I am telling you that we need folks who will open their mouth and share their faith Amen. Listen to these verses Romans chapter 10 How then will they call on him and whom they have not believed and how are they to believe in him whom? They've never heard and how are they to hear? Without someone preaching. And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. I'm in a room full of people who would, for the most part, agree with me this morning that the greatest thing that's ever happened in our lives is our salvation. We would agree with that. Most of us would say that we stand amazed at the goodness and the grace and the mercy of God, amen? Most of us in here this morning would say that Jesus Christ is the greatest thing that's ever happened to us, amen? So so my question is, why are you not sharing that with others? If those things are true, why are we not sharing it with others? LifeWay did a study, and they surveyed Christians. And they said, do you believe it's your responsibility to share your faith? And the great majority said, absolutely. We believe that is our responsibility. And when they asked, how many of you have shared your faith in the last year? 80% said, I've not opened my mouth one time. I've not shared my faith one time. We're told over and over again in the Bible, that's our job. Jesus says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. We have a world just like Noah. The world around us is is lost. They are deceived. They're headed straight for judgment. We must do something. Amen? We must get involved. We must be proclaimers of the good news that we have received. It is the only hope. Listen, politics will not save the world around us. Science and medicine will not save the world around us. Education will not save the world. Wealth will not save the world. There's only one answer, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we've got to be like, no, we've got to preach to a lost and dying world. I was thinking about it. Our world is so political. And I know a lot of folks who uh, they have a candidate that they like. A lot maybe we all have candidates that we like or we dislike and sometimes because of that we will wear shirts and we'll put signs in our our front yard we'll put bumper stickers on the back of our car and we'll tell our friends about a rally or about what's going on politically or about how this is going to happen and that's going to happen and there's nothing wrong with any of that but i think it could be that we care more about politics than we do jesus Listen to me, I don't care who's in the White House, that's not the answer. Jesus is the answer. You have the answer. I have the answer. The world around us, around us needs Jesus. When you love something, you talk about it. Some of you, if, if you trap me in a corner and you start talking about your grandkids, I can't get away from you. You go on and on and on. Some of you, you love to fish, and you'll get going on a fishing story, and you just don't know how to be quiet when you talk about fishing. That's the way it ought to be when it comes to Jesus. It ought to be something that just drives us, that we're excited about because we know that it matters so much. That we would be a people that live out Romans 1.16. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Let us go out and preach and teach and tell people all about it. Listen, there are people in your life, there are people in my life, and they don't know Jesus. They're lost. And you know they're lost, and I know they're lost. And that means that if they were to die today, they would spend eternity in a literal hell. We we believe that. That ought to break us to the core to think about it. There are people that you love, people that you care for, and they are... Lost The Bible has a lot to say about hell Eternal fire Outer darkness Weeping and gnashing of teeth And as this world Gets more and more corrupted There's more and more folks Who don't know the truth They have been blinded by the enemy We engage in evangelism Today not because we want to Not because we choose to Not because we like to But because we have been told to every single believer is a god-ordained agent of evangelism not just folks who work at a church that's your job that's my job that's all of our job and so what's the first thing that noah did noah preached but secondly i want you to see not only did he preach but noah also built in genesis 6 you get these instructions for the ark Imagine Noah gets this message and God lays it out. I want you to build this great vessel and it's going to be huge. And this is how I want you to build it. And he gives all these instructions and they're very detailed in the size and the materials, all this to do. Look at chapter 6, verse 22. And you read this Noah did this, he did all that God commanded him. He didn't say, Wait a minute, God, this doesn't make sense. Wait a minute, God, I need a little more information. He didn't even say, God, let me think about this, or if we're spiritual, let me pray about it, because that's how we get out of doing a lot of stuff. Let me pray about it, and then we just keep going. It said that he was obedient. What level of obedience this is that's connected with his faith? Hebrews eleven seven 7, it says, By faith, Noah being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen, in reverent fear constructed an ark, for the saving of his household remember Noah lives in a a desert it's hot it's humid there's not a lot of rain that's happening not a lot of water is falling from the sky but Noah continues to build he continues to work day after day and can you imagine the ridicule as people walk by and they say Noah what are you doing well I'm building an ark Noah, I don't see any water I'm just still building And the reputation that that he begins to earn as people begin to talk about the crazy old man up the street. Have you seen what he's building? But it doesn't slow Noah down. He keeps on building. He is a man of faith. We need to be men and women and young people of faith. It doesn't always make sense. The world might laugh at it, but we are walking in faith. Noah was building. He was working. He was persevering. obedience the Bible tells us but I say walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh listen to me do you know that God has a purpose for your life do you know that God has a plan and a purpose for you if you're at your job you're not at that job just to make money you're at that job to make an impact for the kingdom of God amen if you're at that school you've got classmates for a reason it's not just to make good grades, it's because God has placed you there for a purpose, no matter where you are. I was thinking this week, my boys are playing football, and I hate football. I just, I don't like it, don't enjoy it, you know, but, but they want to keep playing, and so they're playing, and I, I watch, uh, Coach Holson is, is their coach, and it's our first time to experience school sports, and so we're, we're watching that, And I watch after a a game, you've got Coach Holston, a few other coaches, and there's all these young men. And they are on a knee, and they're listening. I mean, they're just in tune, listening to every word that the coach says to them. I'll tell the boys, good job, they don't care. If Coach Holston says, good job, they're on cloud nine. So much goes into that, so much authority, so much principle that they can input into those young lives. And as I watch that, I think, what potential that is, what purpose that is. Listen, maybe you're at a hospital and you're a nurse, and God brings hurting people in front of you every day. If you walk in obedience, you're going to change a life. Maybe you've got co-workers, and you know they're hurting or they're struggling. If you walk in obedience, you're going to change their life. You know what Noah did? Every time he swung a hammer, he said, I believe in my God." Every time you heard the hammer swing, it yelled out, I believe in God. Every time that a board was cut into two, it said, I trust God. Every time that somebody walked by and they saw that vessel and it's getting larger and larger and larger, it yelled out, I believe in my God. It's a man who's walking in obedience. And listen to me, it's not just that in these last days we're called to preach, but we're also called to live a life that honors God. Amen? Amen. To live a life that when people see us, they see something different. We don't blend in we don't match with a lost and a decaying world because we are set apart for the kingdom of God. and so wherever god has placed you trust his sovereignty trust that he put you there for a reason you're in a family and maybe you got some nut jobs in your family like i do in my family god has put you there for a purpose he's put you there for a reason if you and i will shine brightly we'll make such a difference for his kingdom And so Noah is building by day, and he's preaching by night. He's intentional with his life. And then I want you to see, the time has come, and Noah went inside the ark. Look at chapter 7, verse 1. Chapter 7, verse 1. Then the Lord said to Noah, Go into the ark, you and all your household, for I have seen that you are righteous before me in this generation. The time has come for Noah to get into the ark. The judgment is on the horizon. Listen, there's no more time to preach. There's no more time to minister. There's no more time to build. There's no time left. He says, Noah, get on the boat. And can you imagine, we don't have time, but can you imagine as all the animals start to come for the boat? The daddy lion looks at the mama lion and says, rawr. And that means it's time to go. The daddy bird looks at the mama bird and says, tweet, tweet, it's time to go. And all the animals, they start to make their way into this ark. And as they they go, we're reminded that the time has come and Noah went inside. I think we're often disillusioned and blinded by the passing of time. A lot of us, we are good at saying later and we waste our lives on things that really don't matter. A.W. Tozer said, we have much to do and little time in which to get it done. We are good at wasting time. Average person spends 2.5 hours a day on social media. That is 36 days in a year. The average person watches two hours and 51 minutes of television every day. The average person spends three hours and 15 minutes on their cell phone. It seems to me like we focus greatly on what matters little, and we focus little on what matters greatly. There's going to come a point in time when life as we know it is over. It could be the rapture, it could be the second coming, it could be death. That's why the Bible says in Psalms, so teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. The average person lives a little bit over 27,000 days, and every day that passes is a day that you will never get back. Every day that passes, you will never get it back. This is your opportunity right now. We like to think that our greatest resource might be money. It's not money. You can lose money, then earn money again, but your time, time is your greatest resource. Steve Jobs said one of the secrets to his success was reminding himself every day that he was going to die. Most people think very little about the way that they're using their time to waste time is to squander a gift from God I've learned how quickly time goes by and I think one of the teachers has been my children I watch my my boys they're 13 young men now and I'm blown away where did the time go many of you can relate you watch your children your grandchildren and time goes by so quickly my little little Ocasin up here just walked across there's there's times that she'll say daddy can we play Barbie And I have to remind myself that there's not a whole lot of time that she's going to want to play Barbie with Daddy anymore. She'll come in early, early in the morning. We're sleeping good, and she'll jump on the bed and snuggle down between the covers. And one thing about her, she's the best snuggler you've ever seen. She snuggles so good that you can't sleep a wink. I mean, she's just like (laughs) bear hugging and slapping in the face. But there's going to be a time shortly when she doesn't want to snuggle with Daddy like she does now is a thief i watch my boys and they'll say dad let's go play catch and sometimes i feel like i've got maybe more important stuff to do and i've got to realize i don't have anything more important to do than going to play catch listen if you're gonna be a good spouse the time is now we don't know what tomorrow holds brother ray he was here wednesday and then he didn't wake up on thursday and as i met with cecilia she said i just didn't see this coming you don't know how much time you have if you want to be a good a good spouse the time is now you want to be a good good parent or a good grandparent? The time is now. I hear people all the time that say, "One day I'm going to really do something good for the kingdom of God." Quit talking about one day. Let's do it now. Let's do it right now. Time comes and time goes so very quickly. The time is now. And so the Lord said to Noah, "Noah, go ahead and get on that boat. There's no more preaching, there's no more teaching, there's no more ministry. no more inviting folks, no more encouraging folks. It's all done at this point. Get onto the boat, and then I'll show you that Noah was shut inside the ark. Look at verses 15 and 16 of chapter 7. It says, They went into the ark with Noah, two and two of all flesh in which there was the breath of life. And those that entered male and female of all flesh went in as God had commanded him. And look, and the Lord shut him in. Noah did not close the door. God closed the door. Noah was not in control. God was in control. If you look at Genesis 6, you see there's one door on the side. They go in, and once everybody's on the inside, God is the one who shuts it. The Lord is the one who shuts the door and all those on the outside will now perish in their sins And if I could get this picture across just in my heart I know it would change my life If you can just imagine on that day Let's just say there's a man and woman, we'll just call them mom and daddy okay? Mom and daddy and, and they're at their home Maybe it's lunchtime and they're getting ready to eat And all of a sudden they hear something on the roof Something like they've never heard before There's this, this little taps on the roof she looks to her husband and says, what in the world is that? And he said, I don't know. Let me go out and look. And so he goes out the door and he, he looks. And as soon as he gets outside, he looks up. And a big raindrop comes and hits him right in the forehead. And, and Mama comes out and she says, what's going on? And he says, I have no idea. Never seen anything like this before. And they're just looking around. And then this look of horror comes across her face. And she says, could this be? what noah has been warning us of could this be and he starts to think and he says well noah said there was going to be be rain and a flood and and that's what the ark was for to offer to offer safety and in this moment you can just imagine both of them would be filled with so much so much fear so much horror in their hearts And maybe they they grab hands and they say, we've got to get down there. We've got to go to the ark. And they begin to run as quickly as they can, as fast as they can. And as they get to the ark, other people have already beat them. And they're standing around it. And and he leads them to the front to where he knows the door was because he watched as the boat was getting built. And he goes and he begins to beat on the door. Let us in. Let us in. And there's yelling and there's screaming. But Noah didn't shut the door. And so Noah cannot open the door the time has come and the time has gone Can can I just tell you the Bible the Bible tells us that there's a greater judgment that's coming there's a greater judgment that's coming and there comes a point to where it's too late now when God brings judgment he always provides a way of escape that's what the the ark is that's what we have a way of escape but in this life if that time comes and there are folks who have not placed their their faith in the lord jesus christ it's going to be too late amen and that should drive us that should motivate us to not just sit on a pew week after week after week but to get involved with the world around us listen there's no do-overs in life with my kids if they lose, if we're playing a game and they lose, they always want a do-over. And I'm a big softie, and so I will always give them a do-over until they win. Okay? God's not going to do a, a do-over. Hebrews says it's destined for man to die once and then the judgment. There's death and then there's judgment. Last thing I want you to see, kids, you've been doing so good. Noah was safe inside the ark. Look at verse 19. And the waters prevailed so mightily on the earth that all the high mountains under the whole heaven were covered. The rain is pouring in a way that we cannot imagine, but Noah and his companions were safe and secure inside the ark. The storm was raging on the outside, but Noah was safe on the inside. Do you know what the ark is a picture of? The ark is a picture of Jesus Christ the ark foreshadows the savior of the world who will come and offer escape from the judgment that we deserve Noah's ark is a type of Christ in the same way that God saved Noah and Noah's family all those who entered it from the judgment God now saves all those who were in Christ the gospel says we can't earn it on our own none is righteous no not one There's nothing we can do. There's going to be a great day of the Lord, a great day of judgment. And listen, there's only one way of escape, and that is through the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. There's not many ways to heaven. There's a lot of folks today that say, you do your religion, you do your religion, I'll do my religion, and at the end, we'll all be in the same place. That's baloney. It's not true. There's only one way to salvation, and that is through Jesus Christ, who lived a sinless life, who died on the cross for our place, who rose on the third day. We, like Noah, may find favor in the eyes of the Lord when we place our trust in him. Jesus said in John 14, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. In John 10:9, he says, For I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. And you picture that, that ark, and you picture that door, the only way to salvation is through Jesus. Listen, your life, your goodness, it'll never be enough. The money that you give to this church, it'll never be enough. Your church attendance, never be enough. Walking an aisle, never enough. Going through the baptism waters, it'll never be enough. Our salvation only comes through Jesus. And so what, what do we take from this? Well, as we prepare for, for judgment, We realize we're in the last days and we prepare for judgment. We look at the world around us and we're reminded there's a warning, a warning that we are truly living in the last days. So how do we prepare for judgment? Well, we preach. And that's hard for a lot of us. It requires boldness. There's folks in your life right now that maybe the Lord's convicting you and saying you need to tell them about your good news. Go make disciples. Open your mouth. Preach to a lost and dying world about Jesus. And also to walk in obedience. Noah built, he walked in obedience. Because we know that our time is short. We're in the last days and our time is short. We want to make the most of our time. Make sure that we're living our life to honor the Lord Jesus Christ. We want to realize that once that door is shut, you're not going to open it again. And so we must make the most of it. And we thank God for our ark, the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me ask you to close your eyes. And I want you to think about how this applies to you. Maybe you're here and you've never been saved. That's the first step. And you picture those on the outside of the ark and you realize that that would be me. I would be on the outside. And so maybe the Lord's calling you this morning, calling you to salvation. I love you. I prepared a way to escape the coming judgment and so maybe today is the day of salvation maybe today you know without a doubt that you've been saved but you realize that you have not shared your faith in a long long time you think about it when's the last time you shared your faith and maybe the lord's convicted you and told you that you got to start sharing it you got to walk in obedience maybe you look at your life and the way that you spend your time and you say, I have I've wasted so much time and I need to do better, I need to do better. Maybe just a time for the believer to rejoice in the way of escape from judgment that comes through Jesus Christ. I don't know what the Lord is leading from your life, I just know that His Word is powerful. And every one of us ought to walk away with something. Maybe you need to make a decision, the altars will be open. I'll be down here at the front lord we thank you for today thank you for your word how it speaks to us thank you lord that that you give a of escape from judgment you gave an ark you gave us the blood of jesus we thank you for that i pray if anyone's lost here god that they'll be saved this morning for the rest of us i pray that we will be like noah in the way that we we preach the way that we build the way that we manage our time god that we will be found faithful we love you it's in the name of Jesus we pray amen let's stand together
1: oh the blood, crimson blood.
0: I invite you to be seated just for a moment. We've got a short video for you. We're coming to you this morning from
1: Komodo Baptist Church. Lucia, Kenya. It's been a tremendous week. By the time you hear this, we'll be on an airplane back to Nairobi and then tomorrow night at 11.55. We'll be there and headed back home sometime. Thank you for your prayers. It's been a tremendous, tremendous week here in Lafayette. Ladies have been trained. Youth have been trained. uh, Pastors have been trained. uh, Children have been taught. Workers have been trained. I'm just telling you the outpouring of God's Holy Spirit is so real in this place. Thank you for praying for us. We look forward to seeing you very, very soon. We love you. God bless you.
0: I know you may not could have heard that but basically all's good okay that's what he was saying